Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. Um, I want to I want to jump into a series this morning. I felt like the Lord called us to it, called me to it, shared it with our team a little bit over the last couple months. It's a series entitled "Behold." Behold, and I and I really get a sense from the Lord that over the course of the next few weeks in this summer, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go after a few things in regarding that that word and this concept for this series. But as I was praying, even. Um, this week for today specifically, and today's really, I'm just going to set us up for where we're going over the course of these next few months of summer. I was praying, and the Lord directed me to the book of Haggai, and I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if I've studied that book too much or found myself diving into that book at times, you know, it's, it's one of those um, Old Testament prophetic books, and powerful, powerful, um, and so he led me there, and what's funny enough is as he led me there, I came out, and my son was, uh, once again, I, I love my, my children, I, I, uh, I'm so grateful for them, but he, he was gifted the, um, the Bible Project, the big book, have any of you guys seen that, the Bible Project, and he was opening it up, and he was sitting there to the book of Haggai. Is that how you say it? Everyone's staring at me like, I'm not saying it right now. And he was there, and I, was, I just felt like the Lord say, this is, this, is, this is a word for Oasis as you walk into Sunday, as you jump into beholding him and looking to Jesus. This is, this is what I want to declare over the house today. So this is not my teaching text, but I want you to take this and receive what it says. It says this, but now be strong, Zerubbabel declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. I love that. You know, work is a really good thing from the Lord. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. Anybody thankful that the Lord is with us in this place? This is what I've covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt. So, so here, real quick context. They have coming out of exile. The people of God are coming out of exile. They're coming back home, and they're beginning to build their homes, and they're beginning to settle back into the land. And so this is the word. It says, when you've come out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you, do not fear. Fear is not allowed in the kingdom of God. Did you hear me? Fear is not allowed in the kingdom of God. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. And this is it. This is what he led me to. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And this, in, in this place, I will grant peace. I am hungry, church, and I believe he is hungry today to see greater glory fill this house. Now, I get the context of this. This, this is the people of God coming back from exile and they're there now and they begin to build their homes and start to take care of the things that they think they need to take care of. And the word of the Lord comes to Haggai and he says, listen, that's good, but now it's time to rebuild the temple. And so they build the temple that was once Solomon's temple, which was massive and huge and beautiful and full of splendor, destroyed, torn down. But now they're called to build the temple and they build this, well, what many believe is really tiny, less than nothing close to what Solomon's temple was physically as a structure. And so people that once saw Solomon's temple and saw the glory and saw the beauty of it are now back in the land and they're seeing a temple being built and they're like, this is pretty much just terrible. And the Lord says to them, greater glory will fill this house. Greater glory will fill this house than the house before. Church, I just believe in my heart the prophetic words is we're not going back to what was. 
I know there's moments we get caught up thinking about like me. I just, this is a prophetic word for my church. Just stay for a moment. I, I, I find myself going, all oh, those days back there, back in 2019. Those were the days. It's like, who says that? We do it all the time. Like, those were the good days. It's like, yes, they were amazing and awesome. But today, I really feel in my heart that the Lord is calling this house to rise up to see greater glory in this house. And it may look different. It may not be as glamorous. It may not be as cool. But I'm believing the Lord is going to fill this house with the glory that is greater than the former temple. Greater glory in Jesus' name. So let's pray. Let's come to that. And let's jump in. Amen? How many of you want to believe for greater measure of glory in the house of the Lord? Okay, keep your hands up. Lord, our hearts are desperate for you. We just ask for you. And we thank you that because we are yours, we have access to you. Oh, we love you. We just ask, Lord, for greater glory to fill this fill this house, to fill our lives, to fill our children. Oh, Lord, right now, I just pray that that kid zone space right now be filled with the glory of God. It would radically transform us, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, come on, everyone said, come on, turn to your neighbor and say, greater glory in Jesus' name. Series entitled, Behold, and as I was getting ready, the, the Lord just gave me a subtitle, because we have to do that as preachers, to Things Change. Open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. How many of you brought your Bibles to church? Praise the Lord. How many of you have your phones? Pull your phones out. Get to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Today and over the course of the next few weeks, like I said, we're going we're gonna to look at what it looks like to behold the Lamb of God. We're going to lean into looking at the, the life of Jesus here on this earth. We're going to look at the writings of the Apostle Paul and Peter, and we're going to discover what it looks like and what they mean in this text that I'm about to read when it says that we go from glory to glory. We're going to look at that, be, that, 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 that reality of beholding Jesus and what that should do in our hearts. You become what you behold. And so 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18, it says this. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. You can say amen to that. No longer separated from God. No longer, no longer an enemy of him. Because of Jesus and his invitation into your heart, the veil, the separation has been removed. You now have access directly to him. Amen? And now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Did you hear that? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Verse 18, one more time, team, if I can. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is our portion. This is, this is really the gospel. That we that have said yes to surrender our lives, not just a prayer that was prayed on a Sunday morning or some service gathering. No, an actual true living heart that says, I want Jesus. I, I want him. I've given up my life. You now, we now get to have access into the throne room to behold the one who made all this. This is the gospel's reality for our lives. Can I tell you something? I, I say it often. When you got saved, you just didn't get pulled out of something. You didn't just get your out of hell card. You didn't just get your fire insurance. You got brought out of a life that was, you were, you were dead. You were already dead. You were already an enemy, and you brought into something. 
I, I can't stress this enough, how, how you were brought out of something and into something, and what you were brought into is the kingdom of God now. And when you were brought into the kingdom of God, you now get the access with an unveiled face to look and behold the one that saved you. And not just look and behold, but to become like that which you behold. See, it's really hard, and I'm off my notes, but here we go. It's, it's really hard to become like Jesus and act like Jesus has called believers, followers, disciples of Jesus to act when you don't behold him. That's religion. It's religion to try to do the things that Jesus might teach you or you heard in Sunday school or you heard growing up and, or maybe you heard people tell you to do. That, that's religion. I feel the presence of the Lord. That's like, that's like trying to do the thing without knowing the one that has called you to do the thing. When you behold him, you become like him. See, the things that you behold you ultimately will become. And what I love is that Jesus came to this earth and, and shares with the disciples and shares with the people of God that, listen, I've come to do what my Father tells me to do. Like, like I love that Jesus gives us the model of what I'm talking about. Like, he, he says, I behold my Father. I, I look to my Father. And when I look to my Father, I get what my Father wants me to do. And I get what my Father's about. And I, I become like him. And so I'm one with him. And he's one with me. And guess what? In John chapter 17, it talks about that, that, that prayer that Jesus prays. He says, I pray that you also... Those that have heard the message and believed, and those that will hear the message and believe, you also will be able to become one that is filled with the glory of God around you. Isn't that crazy mad? No? That, thank you. All of you are like, I'm holy. Like, praise the Lord. Like, it's crazy that Jesus died and invites us into a place where we now get to fellowship, commune, put whatever word you want in there, be intimate, have all those things with the Father because that was the prayer of Jesus. That they would experience the glory of the Lord just like Jesus says, I have. That's your portion today. You've not, you've not done too much to, to, to not deserve that. Can I just tell you? You've not sinned too much to cancel that out of your life. You've, you've not, maybe you haven't been able to intellectually figure this whole thing out. It's okay. He'll deal with that. But what he's invited you into is today, there is new mercy today. There's new, did you hear me? There's new mercy today. And so in new mercy, you get to go into the throne room and you get to behold the one that saved your life. And you become like him. Recently, <laughs> recently I, I got called by one of the brothers from the church. And he said, he said hey, pastor, um, we were, we've been talking about it. He said, hey, hey, I want to I wanna bring you to, to one of my classes. And I said, okay, cool. Um, and so the class was this. It was a jujitsu class. I said, all right, let's, let's do this thing. We're gonna, go, we're gonna go wrestle on some mats for a little bit. I said, I'm, I'm down. I have no idea what I'm doing. Never done this before in my life. Okay, you with me? So he's like, come on, come to this class. We're gonna, we're gonna do this thing. So, so me and the brothers show up and I'm in there with some black belts, brown belts, blue belts, and then there's me with this makeshift thing. I don't even know what it's called, but they gave it to me out of the closet. I put it on, I looked apart, and my white belt, in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, they just start, throwing each other. I'm like, let's do this. So me and the brother from the church, I won't call him out. We got real close, real fast. He, uh, I said, I, at one point he was choking me out. I said, how's it feel to choke your pastor out? He's like, I didn't think about this till just now. And so we are arm barring each other, choking each other out. Don't judge me. It's awesome. I love it. We're wrestling with each other and we leave and I can't even move. I'm so sore. We come home, and I'm like, great, you got to hear about this thing. I just did. It's awesome. Like, and she's like, well, I don't understand. I'm like, here, let's, let's sit down. And she was so gracious. She, she sits down with me, and we end up watching two hours of jujitsu videos on YouTube. <laughs> Her first couple of remarks were like, I, I, I don't know what this is, Jay. This just looks like guys just like maneuvering each other on a mat, like gracefully. And I was like, yeah, it's weird. So then we go to the kids. There's kids jujitsu. I'm about to put my kids in it. And, and, and Rachel's like, this is now entertaining. Like, these kids are going at it. We watched for two hours. 
Days following after that, uh, there, was, there was a moment I was downstairs working out, and, and Rach came down, and I tried to grab the controller really fast because I was, I was trying to change the YouTube channel because I was lifting and watching jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I'm like, I will become a master at this. I will become great at this in Jesus' name. I found myself like my YouTube page is filled up now with, <laughs> with all sorts of jiu-jitsu videos. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Like, if I, I wanted to become like those people that were in that, that, that room, I wanted to do what they could do. I, I was beholding that thing to become like that thing. I would give my hours and attention to that because it's what I wanted to become. You will become what you behold in your life. But, like, there's no getting around this. Like, like end of life will come for all of us. None of us have outlived life. If you have, don't come up to me and tell me. <laughs> we all have a, an, an expiration date of some, some date on our life. And I, I don't want us to get to the end of life and, and look back and be like, I was beholding a bunch of things that did not matter, that shaped and formed my life to where I'm now in a position that I was formed and shaped by a whole bunch of things that did not matter. I want, and I believe he wants more than I want, for us to be a people that are beholding him and becoming like him so that at the end of our days we look back and we say, wow, Lord, we were able to see greater glory fill this house than what we saw in the past. You become what you behold. And the reality of this is where we're going is like, I, the question is, is, do you want to become like Jesus? See, see that's a really as simple of a question that is. That's a really deep question to answer in your heart. Do you actually want to become like Jesus? Like, like we were upstairs praying, and it, and it was like, it was spot on, and, and, and one of the pastors began to pray, and he's like, Lord, just help people and understand that, like, the glory of God is costly. Oh, it's costly. It's not a scary thing, it's just costly. So if you answer that question, like, yes, I wanna become like Jesus, when you begin to behold Jesus, the cool thing is, is he starts to change you, right? Like the scripture says, from glory to glory, with ever increasing glory. And it'll start to cost us. Welcome to church. I'm so glad you're here. Like, it will, it will cost you. Like, we've, we've set up the church in the westernized culture that it's like, just get to church, get what you want from Jesus, and then operate however you want. That's not the gospel. That's not the Bible. The Bible is, is when you come behold Jesus, you become like Jesus. In Jesus' life, you know what it did? Cost him. It was a cross. Spit on, abuse, and I'm not, I'm not wishing this upon. But this thing says you better take up your cross and follow him. And so if you want to become like Jesus, you just got to hear me, because this isn't like a build a church type of thing, like try to get a, this is a serious word, and it's a real word, but it'll grow you in Jesus' name. But you gotta go, if I wanna behold Jesus and become like Jesus, this is going to call for me to give up some things that aren't Jesus. Are you listening to me? Because see, you can't, what's the phrase? Have your cake and eat it too. Is that the phrase? I don't even know what that means. I just, I just, just, I've always been told, Jay, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I'm like, really? I can't? Like you can't have the Sunday and you can't have the, the oh, I'm saved without doing the things that Jesus has called you to do. And you can't do the things that Jesus has called you to do if you haven't behold Jesus and become like Jesus. And the invitation for us is to dwell in the glory of the Lord to become like him. I want to become like him. I want to behold him. I want to learn how to behold him with praise and adoration even deeper than I have been for the last 12 years. I want to behold him when, when he enters into the room. Do you know, you, there is tangible moments when Jesus enters into the room. Oh, I remember Vision Sunday here. Never has happened like that. We had Vision Sunday in January. Forgive me for, for sharing this, but we had Vision Sunday here, and it's like we're going to share the vision of the Lord. And Jesus showed up. And I looked up at the worship team, and I was like, I'm not coming up there. I'm not touching that. He's here. He's here. And all our attention should just be right on him. Like I, I want us to learn what it means to behold him when we awake and when we sleep, when we're uncertain and when we're fearful. 
I want to behold what he does and how he does it and how he operates. I, I, I want us to learn and discover more of Jesus. Because what we behold, we become. So I just want to give you a couple things as we set this series up and into the next few weeks. You doing all right? You doing all right? <laughs> I love that we have the dignity from the Lord to go into his presence. That's what the glory is. The glory is the manifest presence of Jesus. Can I, can I tell you this? Because some of you are really wrestling in your minds and spirits. It's okay. You're like, wait, 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 wait. The glory is that I get to experience the presence of Jesus? Yes. It's your dignity. It's what he's given you. That you can just call upon his name and be in the presence immediately. Be in the presence. You can walk with him in the presence. You can live with him in the presence. This is what the glory is. Okay, so, so what do we get while we're in the glory? I just want to give us four things. This is not necessarily, I'm not exegetically preaching this passage, but you, 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 get, you get a few things. You, you, you ready? First is this. You get to see Jesus. <laughs> you get to have face-to-face encounters with Jesus. That's a really good place for all you that know this to say amen. You get face-to-face encounters with Jesus. It, it says the veil has been removed. The veil that once kept people from going into the holies of holies, from going into the place where his presence dwelt, the veil was removed because of the cross and the resurrection, and now anybody, because that they would call upon Jesus, will get saved, filled with his spirit. So now the spirit will lead you into that throne room. And now you get to see Jesus for who Jesus is. You get to have face-to-face encounters with the one that loves you and cares for you and desires you and wants to be with you. The one that, the one that gave up his life for you. You get to stare him at the face. Just behold him. That's what happens when you behold him. You get to see him. My daughter, I'm in the age now where I hold her up. She's, she's almost two and and she just looks at me, square in the face, square in the eyes. And she takes her hands, and she puts them on my cheek like this. Both hands. just, And she just holds my face. I'm melting. I'm like, here, here's $100. Here's, here's my yes for you for the rest of your life, whatever you want. And she just stares at me. She just stares at me. And, and just makes silly faces at times and says something that I don't understand. And my heart's melting. I'm like, oh. I know it's a personal story and it's an earthly example, but I want to be like her. <laughs> I want to be like her with my father. I want to grab his face, be fun with him, smile with him, look at him. See, some of you are you're talking yourselves out of this because you're adults. The kingdom of God comes to those that act like child, children. Did you hear me? The kingdom of God, the, the upside-down kingdom, once again, seriousness, but like, we, I really believe it's, it's actually we should mature as children. <laughs> you, you get that if, if you have the right heart to hear that. I want to mature like a child. I want to grab the face of my father, and I want to stare at him. And I want to receive back what he wants to say to me. Do you understand that you get access to the one that designed all of this, to have face to face? I, I, and in that moment of looking at him face to face, all my ambitions, all my dreams, all of me, because I can't help but just look at him. I can't just help but look at the one that loves me so much, because I know what it it feels like to not look at him (laughs) when I was an enemy. I know what it feels like to be separated from him before he gave his life. I know this is a good word. I get to see him. The scripture says, beholding him, contemplating, another translation say, the, the, the image of the Lord, right? Contemplating the glory of the Lord. Contemplate means this, to look thoughtfully for a long time at him. That word contemplate or behold is, is to think profoundly at length, to study, to meditate. When's the last time you just set aside time to study the face of the Lord? When's the last time you, you contemplated for enough time to break in and see Jesus for who he is? 
I remember one time I was just recently saved, maybe a couple months. So again, forgive the personal story, but, but I had a loss in my life. And I remember like wondering if I should choose the old way or should I go after the things that God has put in my life to go after. And I, and I chose to go into my bedroom. I was living by myself. And I closed the door behind me thinking that, like, like why? I'm by myself. Like, I closed the door behind me and I just got on my face. And I got on the carpet, like I'm breathing the carpet in. And I said, Lord, if this is really real, that I can behold you. If this is really true, that I can sit and look at you and be with you. I'm here. Meet me. And I remember weeping for hours. I got up and there was just a puddle. I had blue carpet. It was nasty. It was a college apartment dorm room. I was a resident director. Like, just imagine. You knew I love the Lord if I'm laying with my face down in that thing. That's funnier in my head once again. I get up, and there's just a puddle of tears. And I experience face-to-face encounter with the Lord. I experienced his glory. Can I tell you, I have the same Holy Spirit you do. Did you hear me? You don't have a junior Holy Spirit inside of you. You don't have a less than Holy Spirit inside of you. You have the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living in you that's alive in me. And so that same encounter where I get to behold is open to you. Do you want to behold Jesus? Because when you want him and you want his glory, you'll go after him for a long time and meditate, look to, dwell with him, be with him. Well, I don't have time. Well, maybe you should assess the amount of time you're giving to beholding other things. Let's just take that one, no extra offering. Like maybe you should look at the calendar and go, wow, I have a whole bunch of nonsense on my schedule. Maybe I just need to clear it for a season and just behold Jesus. Can I tell you, young people in the faith, younger generation, if you learn this now, your 40s and 50s will be more blessed, more protected. Your relationships, your your marriages will be more secure when you learn how to behold Jesus now. You have time for it. I have two children who who care less about my time. (laughs) And I love that. But I don't get the freedom to be like, I'm going to go spend three hours. See you, Rach. Have fun with the kids. Right? I have to fight for it more. But like you, you guys that can do this, do it now. Okay. Because what you steward with the glory now, you'll get more. Tim, where are you, brother? My brother Keith's like, there he is. I know it's earlier than called, but it's all right. We're gonna land the plane. I have been around heroes of the faith. Heroes, men and women that have given their lives to this thing, that have sacrificed everything to be with Jesus. And you know what's cool? They never complain about what they've lost. We like make this thing like we're martyrs. Oh my God, I lost everything to follow Jesus. No, you didn't. Stop it. You gained everything. And so I've been with men and women that are just heroes. And I would ask them. I have like a couple questions that I ask people that I get into the room with. One of them being like, what's your greatest failure? And tell me what you did to overcome it. We always want the wins of people. <laughs> you can come ask me, I'll tell you. Come on. Anyways, Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I say to them, how did you have longevity in the faith? And they said, we learned how to be with Jesus. We learned how to be with Jesus. Above all else, we, just, we learned how to look at the face of Jesus and just behold him. We gain more power, more instruction, more wisdom when we just sat with Jesus than anything else. And I said, okay, if that's how it's worked for thousands of generations and thousands of people, we are no different today. You with me? You want him, you'll behold him, and when you behold him, you get to see him. And what you steward with what you've been given today, he'll give you more. You know, I remember I was selling the guys upstairs and it wasn't making sense to them, so hopefully it'll make sense now. When I first got in saved, there was just a measure of his presence that I, I, I was given, you know, like, not because he carrot dangles, just because, like, you grow in strength in the Lord. You learn, like, don't get on a bike if you've not ridden a bike with training wheels. 
right? And so like I, I, I've, early on, I, I would be in the presence and I would be face to face and I, I wouldn't know what to do. And I would be like, oh, this is really cool. But I'd, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. You know, like I, it got a little bit too much. It got a little bit too vulnerable. Like you ever been? No, okay. Um, and so I would, I would pull back and the Holy Spirit would say, don't pull back, go after it again. And I would keep showing up and I'd go a little deeper, a little further a little more with his presence. And there would be times like, oh, this is, this is heavy. This is weighty. Because the presence of the Lord is weighty. Don't fall like, you, like it's going to break you. It, 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 it'll, it'll, it, you'll be all right. But I remember just going in, 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 in. And I remember the Lord saying to me years later, like, you stewarded those moments well. So now I can give you this. I, I didn't call myself. Because surely, guys, can I be honest? Rachel and I didn't call myself to pastor. I don't want to do this. I got to deal with you. <laughs> I love you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Funny in my head. Some of you are like, I'm offended. I'm leaving the church. I'm kidding. And then I have to deal with you. <laughs> See how that works? See? I'm just kidding. I didn't ask for this. And I don't know what's to come. But what I do know is he said, you stewarded moments when no one else saw you. Don't elevate yourself. This isn't about your gifting, your talent, being seen. It's none of that. If that's in you, get to the glory. Because you'll start to realize, oh man, I'm making this about me and not about him. I had to steward the little glory moments of my life and I began to grow in that. Now I'm able to steward what God's given me. He does not skip grades, church. What happens in the glory too is the fear of the Lord is placed in your heart. How many of you, when you heard the fear of the Lord the first time, you're like, That's, that seems heavy and hard and weird. Why? I thought perfect love casts out all fear. Yes, it does. And I just said earlier, that fear is not allowed in the presence of the Lord. But the fear of the Lord is different. The fear of the Lord is going, you are, woo! I am in awe of you. When's the last time your heart was awed by God? Honestly, like when's the last time you were so in awe of God's love that it made you fall on your knees and fall on your face or broke you down in tears or caused you to dance or rejoice or whatever it did in you? When was the last time you were just in awe of God? The glory of the Lord will build that in you. When you get before him and you behold him, you get the fear of the Lord instilled in your heart and you become like him and you get to know him and you become in awe of him. And those that fear him in and, and, and Psalms, 25 verse 14, it says, those that fear him, the secret of the Lord is given to them. When you get before the Lord and you behold him and you look at him and and you enter in, the fear of the Lord fills your eyes and he begins to share the secrets of the kingdom of God with people that fear him. I want to know God. I want to know his ways. Then just go be with him. Did you hear me? You don't need a podcast. You don't need a sermon. You don't need this sermon. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. You need him. Did you hear me? Oh, I got a great word off this podcast and and this message. Oh, pastor, it was so good. Praise the Lord. What are you going to do with it? (laughs) Go be with him. And let fear of the Lord, the, the goodness of God, fill your heart, and you will start to receive the kingdom, and you'll start to know, man, it's not weird for a pastor to call someone up and stand to get healed. That's what the kingdom's like. It's not weird for the pastor to say, be kind to your neighbors. Because it's the kingdom. When you behold him, you become like him, and the fear of the Lord enters your heart. That's what we're going after. Third is this. When, when, you're, when you're in the presence and you're beholding him, you get the identity that he has said, spoken over your life. We have an identity crisis. Oh, I'm not talking the world. <laughs> we love, we're, like, we're called to love. I'm talking in the church. Full-blown identity crisis is happening everywhere. Like, like, oh, Holy Spirit, how much time do I have? We, have? we have labeled ourselves all sorts of things that God's never called us. Can I go there? I'm looking at the junior Holy Spirit, Rachel, going. Are you all right? Oh, we've put labels. Okay, I'll bring it home. JP has put labels on himself at times. I'm full-blown depressed. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a depressed 
person. I was there. This is not something I've, this, I was there. Why? Because if the enemy can get into your identity, he can hook you real quick. And why did I get there was because I stopped beholding him for a moment in my life. Full transparently. Apparently, parents see. And so it was like, I'm depressed. I'm just a depressed person. I'm not knocking that that's not real. I'm not saying it's not, it's real. I've been there. But the word step said, when I came out, like when, when the fog started to lift, as I beheld him and I looked to him and I started to get guys and people around me to say like, guys, pray this thing off of me. This isn't, this isn't a portion. That's not the portion for your life. Can you hear me? I'm just an anxious person. No, you're not. You're a daughter and a son of the king. You're not anxious. The devil's just trying to tell you, like he said in the garden, the, 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 the twisting of the words. Did God really say? Has God said this? Just like he said to Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus, because in the temptation there in the wilderness when the devil said, I'll give you this, this, Jesus said, no, I know who I am. And you overcame the devil. Listen, like, like, like you're not anxious and you're not a depressed person. When you behold him and you, and you get with him, you go, oh, snap. Yeah, my feelings... And my circumstances tell me I'm this. Oh, can I tell you, you are not your feelings. You are not your circumstances. You are not your desires. Church, you are not your desires. In the world today, the church today at times is saying you can be your desires. My desires, my reputations, everything died when I came to Jesus. You're not your desires. You're not your emotions. You're not your feelings. You're none of those things. You have to get and behold Jesus. And when you behold the glory of the one that saved you, he says this, you're a son. You're a daughter. You're adopted. Did you hear me? You're adopted. Oh, the orphan spirit gets broken. Can I tell you, can I declare over this house, the orphan spirit needs to go from our lives. The orphan spirit looks around for, for, for someone to say, like, good job, you're doing great. I'm not here to say don't encourage each other. Be great encouragers. But when we're looking for affirmation and we're trying to get things and we're trying to grab things and we're trying to get all the things and all that stuff because we're not beholding Jesus, the orphan spirit has entered into us. He died so that we didn't have an orphan spirit anymore. We have an adopted spirit. I'm a son. Oh, ain't, no one's going to tell me this. No one's going to be able to take that from me. Because when you behold him, you get more of it. Tell me more, Lord. Tell me who I am. Tell me who I am. Tell me who I am. Are you all right? Oh, would we just behold him to see who we are in him? What's cool about when you behold God and you look? Okay, like let's, let's, let's act like, like beholding him is like a mirror in front of you. When you look at that mirror, you don't see you back. So when you behold God, you look at a mirror, you don't see, oh, I don't see the, the, the flaws, the failure, the shame, all the things I've done in my past. I see him. And so what I see back is his face to me. Are you listening to me? So when I behold him, I'm not seeing what I, what I think I look like or what I feel like or all that. I'm seeing him. And so as I look in the mirror and see him, then I get him. <laughs> You're not hearing me, but it's okay. I get to see what he's like. I get to know that my identity is one of righteousness, joy, and peace. I get to see that my, my, my identity is one of being a peacemaker. I get to see that my identity is one of being full of hospitality. I get to see that my identity is one of being a one that worships him and adores him regardless of whoever's wrong. I get to be one that looks back in the mirror and goes, man, I love you because you're my first love, my main love. You get him. I'm telling you, please hear me. And then we'll land. Third close. You want to change? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Isn't that afraid? Like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of not experiencing the glory of the Lord. Get with the Lord. Behold him. Behold him. Well, I don't know how. It's a good place to start. Just behold him. Read the Gospel of John. See what Jesus says. Okay, all right. And the final thing, when you behold him in the glory, and guys, we're gonna talk a lot about this, this these months, weeks and months. When you behold him, the missional mandate is given. The glory, when you're in the glory of the Lord, you get direction. 
Some of you in this room, you're like so, like, so consumed with like knowing what to do and where to go. When you get with the Lord, you'll know what his calling is. Now, every single one of you in this room, young and old, have a specific calling from the Lord to do something great that I don't have, that the person to the right and the left of me do not have. But we all have the same calling, to be his hands and his feet. I love in, the, in, in Isaiah. Isaiah is in the glory of the Lord in chapter 6. He's there. And, and it says this in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne. It's a song we've been singing in our church for some time. I saw the Lord. When you behold him, you see him highly exalted, seated on his throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. That's the picture just seeing. I, I believe the Lord wants to see his glory fill the whole earth. Like, I believe that, and he wants to do it now. And then it continues in verse 8, and then Isaiah says this, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. When you behold Jesus, that's your response. Send me. Send me. I heard it said that the glory is not just a time to absorb it and walk away and being blessed with him. That when you receive the glory, when you behold him and it impacts you, then you leave and you go make impacts around you. See, we can't be glory junkies. We're just like, I'm just sitting in the glory. I'm convinced that if that's your posture, that you just sit in the glory and you don't go make impacts, you haven't experienced the glory. Okay, let me say it this way. I know people that have been in the glory of God because their hearts are wanting to serve. The measure of your heart of when you've been in the glory will tell if you want to serve God's, God's plan and mission. Sure, it's oasis for us, yeah, but like, don't let it be the house name right now. Let it be your, like, is your heart going, man, I, I want to I I give everything. If that's you, you and you own a business, give it everything. If that's you that run and operate in a school, give everything. But you, you will know where your heart is beholding him because you'll want to give. Isaiah is like in the glory of the Lord. Like, what a scene. The train of the robe filling the temple. Worship team coming. Like the train of the robe filling the temple. And the angels all around. And, the, and, then, and then the voice of the Lord is like, who should I send? It's like, no, I don't want to leave. If I'm Isaiah, I'm like, I don't want to go. And he's like, who I send? And Isaiah's like, I'll go. See, we have to be in the glory, but we don't stay there. And this is what we're going to learn over the next few weeks, is that we are called to engage with God's presence and be connected and connect others to the life-giving waters of God's holy presence. I believe the missional mandate comes. You'll receive your calling. You'll receive your purpose. You will receive it all when you get before the Lord. And can I tell you, selfishness will break off. The desire to do something in your life that God never called you to do will get broken off when you get into his presence and you receive the missional mandate for your life. I'm telling you, hear me, please. You'll get his one true calling over your life in Jesus. So we're going to behold him to become like him because I believe he wants to fill the whole earth. How many of you want believe that? He wants to fill the earth. He wants to fill, better yet, let's just narrow it down. He wants to fill Chicago with the glory of his Lord, with the glory of him. Well, he's God. He can just do it. He should just do it. God has never been one where he's just gonna be like a military to invade. Jesus didn't come riding in with all the homies on the horses like we're taking over. He did it with co-laboring, co-partnering. Did you hear me? How the glory of the Lord invades Chicago? When you behold him and become like him, that's when we start to see things get turned upside down. Amen? I pray you come back next week. Not because you don't need my sermon, but because we come together to behold him together. Just come behold him and become like him. Amen? All right, stand your feet. I'm going to pray and then I'll hand this off. My time is done. time is done.
Close your eyes, bow your heads, just open your hands for a moment. Just open up your hands to him. Open up your heart to him. If you want to get serious about this, tell him, Lord, I'm ready to get serious about this. I'm ready to get serious about beholding you, becoming like you, doing the things you do, living the way you've, you lived, being one like you're one with the Father. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us your glory. Lord, I thank you that you have invited us in. You've invited us in. And so I pray for those that feel unworthy. Lord, break it in that. Break that off of them right now. And Holy Spirit, I pray, like your word says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Bring people into freedom today. I pray we would be a people that behold you, become like you, and see your glory fill the whole earth. This is where we're going. This is where you've called. This is, a, this is the, the trajectory. We're not changing course. We're going after this. So help us, Holy Spirit. Help our, us as a community. Help us as a body to behold you. We love you. We worship you. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, can we give Jesus just some praise? Amen.